This fall, Walk with the King podcast is walking through a new three-part series focusing on three distinct parts of the Bible, Deuteronomy, Psalm 107, and Ephesians chapter 1. It's a fresh transition to a very special series we're planning for the month of November. Until then, stay tuned, and thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? You doing all right? Well, it's my joy to be with you. Bless your heart. And I'm so glad to be back with another few minutes in the Word of God. Turn with me, if you will, please, to the book of Ephesians. We're looking at that book for a few days, just sort of walking around in the garden of God's Word, seeing what we can find there. We went through verse 1. Paul said he's an apostle by the will of God. Remember I told you that the job you're in is part of God's will for you. It's not that just that you're enduring it until quitting time and then you go do something religious. But everything you do all day long on your job is part of God's will for you. <clears throat> Whatsoever you do, it says, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Then he wrote to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ Jesus. God makes you a saint when you trust Christ as Savior. Faithfulness is your job, enabled by the Holy Spirit of God, who reduplicates the life of Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that the, the business of being faithful and easy for God to use as a result is something that comes as a byproduct of your yielding to the Spirit of God and obeying what God says to you. Well, then, we come to verse 2, where he says, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a typical opening of uh, any letter that Paul wrote. You'll find him again and again using this, this uh, special opening benediction. And it is, I think, then of special significance to you and to me. He starts with something that we better be aware of right away. Grace, says he, be to you. The grace of God was always forward in Paul's thinking. Later on in this same book, you'll find Paul saying, By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. That's saving grace. In the uh, letter to the people at Corinth, Paul spoke about the fact that uh, there was given to him what he called a thorn in his flesh. Uh, what it was, we're not told. Some people think it had, had to do with trouble with his eyes, and other people have other uh, surmises about what this affliction was that he had, <clears throat> for which he prayed uh, three times. He said, I besought the Lord thrice, and that word besought means I prayed over it earnestly for a long time probably with prayer and fasting and all of that, he was really seeking God to get this thing healed. Uh, but he said, that is the Lord said unto me, this is Second Corinthians twelve nine. he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now that's grace to suffer and grace to endure and grace to see a matter through even though the circumstances don't change. What happened then with Paul's attitude about this? He said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmity. Uh, infirmity is a long word meaning weakness. I'll glory in my weakness that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, he said, I actually take pleasure in infirmity, weakness, in reproaches, in, dis in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Notice, by the way, what he's taking pleasure in. 
He says, infirmity, that's our word weakness. You need to lift the box and you can't lift it. You need to move something from here to there and you can't make it budge. You need to work another three hours and your strength is gone and you haven't the strength to finish it. Weakness. In reproaches, that is criticism that comes because of your weakness. Necessity, that's too much month at the end of the money. Have you had that experience? Yes, I guess we all have. Persecution, that is physical danger or harm because of your faith. Distress, that's the inside reaction to all of these other pressures. Because we are human beings, we become distressed. That is to say, when outside problems arise, namely weakness, criticism, need, and persecution, that's the, the, the possibility of physical danger or harm because of your faith, then what happens? All of that trauma, all of that pressure mounts up and it produces a reaction inside the individual. Why? Well, because you're a human being. Now, what happens? He says, when I'm weak, then by the grace of God, he said, I'm strong. My grace, says our Lord, is sufficient for thee. Now, beloved, I'm talking to somebody today who says, well, I guess it's all over for me. I can't get around like I used to. Maybe arthritis has tied you in knots and to move even a finger uh, is excruciating pain, let alone to get up and walk around. You move with great slowness because those joints have calcified and swollen up and the pain is immense and nobody knows how you live with pain every minute of your life and you say, well, I guess that's it. I can't do anything more. Well, dear friend, has it ever occurred to you that although your body may be immobilized because of this human affliction, yet you can walk around the world by prayer before breakfast. You can be in China, and you can be in Japan, and you can be in Indonesia, and you can be in Russia, and you can be in other countries of Europe, and you can be in Latin America, and you can be in the island world, and you can walk through the, the streets of the great uh, metropolises of the world by prayer. God moves things by prayer. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Oh, friend, no, it's not all over for you. Jesus says to you, my grace is sufficient for thee. And you can say, when I'm weak, yes, arthritis has got me bound to a wheelchair. When I'm weak, yes, my heart is so uh, weak that I can't, I can't lift anything or, or do anything or walk up or downstairs. When I'm weak, yes, since this operation, you say, I haven't got the strength that I used to have. I wonder if it'll ever come back. When I'm weak, oh, then, says Paul, then, by the grace of God, I'm strong. Oh, this is a lesson that you and I have to learn and relearn. Isn't it true? Every time something hits me, and I react in typical human fashion, the Holy Spirit of God has to remind me, as I'm sure he reminds you, that there is a resource in God, that there is all the grace that you need, that there's all the wisdom and guidance that's necessary. God is never late, and he will never fail you. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. The grace of God, grace to save, grace to endure. Not somehow, but triumphantly. 
Oh, the grace of God. Now, Paul makes much of it, and you'll find that God's grace is mentioned constantly in his, uh, in his writings. There's grace to, to, uh, to suffer, and the grace of giving. Uh, Paul speaks of it in 2 Corinthians. He said, now you, you people in Corinth, don't you be backward in this grace of giving. God's grace extends, in other words, God's grace extends to every facet of life. In the book of Acts, it says, With great boldness the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There's the grace of personality. And they said of our Savior, they wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. There's the grace of vocabulary. In other words, God's grace not only saves you, but it permeates every area of your life today. Take the person that is you. Now, what, what is your situation? Well, maybe you're in what they call the sunset years. <laughs> I think of what my father said to Enoch Momstrom years ago, when Enoch, a dear, precious servant of God who is now with the Lord a number of years, a deacon in the local church where I was serving in Chicago, Enoch came up to my father, who was now blind and nearing 80. Uh, he came up to him and tugged at his coattail, and my father turned his head toward Enoch and said, Well, and Enoch said, Well, Brother Cook, I just wanted to say hello to you. Isn't it wonderful to know the Lord in your sunset years? And my father turned those blind eyes, they were just snapping fire, even if they were blind, toward Enoch, and he said, sunset years, did you ever hear such nonsense? Why, said he, I'm having the time of my life. Why, if I had my eyesight, I'd get married again and raise a family. <laughs> oh, dear. That was the man that we affectionately called Pop. Charlie Cook was my father, quite a character. I, of course am different, right? <laughs> but you see, you, you don't have to give up simply because the years have passed. You don't have to give up simply because the years are passing. God will give you strength and blessing and verve and, and enthusiasm and vision and capability for what He wants you to do today. No, I can't do some of the things I did when I was a boy. You know, I, when I was in the garage business, I used to be able to go to the corner of a Model T Ford and lift it up so that they could put a, a, a couple of bricks under the axle and, and uh, lift up the, the car. I wouldn't try that today. I'd have a bunch of, of uh, uh, bursted uh, uh, spinal discs, I'm afraid. No, there's a lot of things you can't do now that you may once have done. That is not the measuring stick of effectiveness. God has some things for you to do today that only you can do. God has a place for you to live today, beloved, that only you can fill. Because you are living in a certain location, he has people that you are going to touch who wouldn't be touched and blessed in any other way. God has a work situation for you that is his choice for you. Used today by the grace of God 
the grace that saves and the grace that helps you endure trials and and, uh, tribulations and sicknesses, the grace that helps you give of yourself and your substance, the grace that brings the presence of God into the situation without a word being said, the grace of vocabulary where the words you speak become the very message of God. Let the grace of God be real in your life, beloved today. Now, how do you accomplish that? Well, how did you get saved? Colossians 2.6 says this, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk ye in him. How were you saved? By faith, by committing yourself to Christ, right? Well then, take the package of life that is you today and hand it over to your blessed Lord. Just as you trusted him to save you, so trust him to use you by his grace. Amen? Oh, I trust that that may be so. God bless you, my dear friend, every step of the way. Dear Father, today, may we live by thy grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.